Welcome to the final episode of Season 1 of Rural Futures with Dr. Connie. Rate and review us to show your support for Season 2. In this episode, Dr. Connie goes solo, but with some insight from a clever sidekick, to explore the future of women and gender. Don't let others lead you where you don't want to go. We must recognize and develop our inner leaders to truly thrive. Rural Futures, the podcast where we connect thought leaders and doers at the intersection of technology and what it means to be human. Every episode, we talk with entrepreneurs, researchers, and achievers to create impact for generations to come. And now, here's Dr. Connie. Hello, and welcome to the Rural Futures podcast. Let me start by describing strategic foresight and futuring. According to Peter Bishop and Andy Hines, who's actually been a guest on the Rural Futures podcast, Hello. Strategic foresight and futuring do not predict the future. Rather, they help leaders better understand current and potential situations while creating a roadmap for innovation that guides inspired actions. Futurists use strategic foresight to both expand knowledge and to explore many plausible futures. Foresight acknowledges the ambiguity of the future while preparing leaders to anticipate changes and minimize surprises. One quote about foresight that says this beautifully is from the Playbook for Strategic Foresight and Innovation, which is published by Stanford University. Foresight is the ability to plan for the future. It is a mix of mindset and methodology, a view of the future, and the practice of looking forward. No one can predict the future, and that is really the point. Futurists do not predict the future. Rather, they help people understand what is possible and also plausible. According to Bishop and Hines, futuring is different than forecasting, and I think that's a critical point. Futuring is different than forecasting. That relies on two key assumptions. Number one, the future consists of many possible outcomes rather than one predetermined future. So obviously, there are many things that can change. Number two, people have some capacity to influence future outcomes, meaning people really do have the ability to control their destiny or at least elements of it. I like to add the point that people definitely influence the future through their beliefs, mindsets, and behaviors. What we think about, what we focus on, that's what grows. It is now common knowledge that entire industries are pivoting in the new economy. We see these transitions in every industry, ranging from retail to healthcare and education. While we focus a great deal on industries, what do all of these changes mean for the global ecosystem? What do these changes mean for humanity itself? The Rural Futures podcast will continue to explore these types of questions in future episodes. Specifically, I have become very curious about exponential change and continuous disruption and what it means for women, but also for all people, as new cultural norms continue to evolve and traditional roles are questioned. One tool is called Future User. Future User is used to expand thoughts and perceptions about customers. It can be used to identify and anticipate the needs of target markets by examining changes to the customer segment over time. For example, what is an 11-year-old today going to be like in 10 or 15 years? What will they need? What will their values, attitudes, and behaviors be? How can we anticipate these changes by thinking 
of their personas now and again in the future. I decided to try the future user concept with a real-life example. I'm going to try it with my 11-year-old daughter, Raquel. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about who you are. Who is Raquel Hild? Well, Raquel Hild slash me, I like to play basketball and sometimes softball. I've also played volleyball. Lately, I noticed you've been taking up crocheting. Oh, yeah. How did you learn to crochet? Well, I just taught myself. How did you do that? YouTube. YouTube. I also noticed you use YouTube a lot to braid your hair. And just today, what did you learn from YouTube? Oh, beauty hacks. I did some aluminum foil with toothpaste and baking soda and folded it up and put it on my teeth. And that should have lightened it. So beauty hacks, life hacks, crocheting, braiding your hair, a lot of things that you learn from YouTube. You talked about the fact that you like to play sports, but it also sounds like you like to spend a lot of time on your phone. True or false? True. (laughs) If you could spend all day on your phone, would you? No, it kind of gets boring on there sometimes. Does it? Yeah, because I have no games. Where do you see yourself in five years? You're going to be 16. What do you think 16 looks like for you? Driving. Driving what? A car. A car. What kind of car do you want? A bug. Yeah, what color? Blue. So what makes you want a blue slug bug? Well, it's a small car, so it's pretty easy to drive. Okay, so let's fast forward another five years. When you're 20, 21, early 20s. Well, go to college to become an actress. You've also wanted to be a veterinarian. Yeah. What are you thinking about that right now? It's kind of weird, but um, if you really liked an animal and he or she died, then it would be hard. Well, that's okay. It's good to kind of discover and think about those things about yourself. Okay, so obviously things are going to change in the future. Your life's going to change. Where do you envision yourself living in the future? I told Grandma that I wanted to be an actress, and she said, well, then you're going to have to go all the way to Hollywood. But maybe when I'm older, they can do acting anywhere. Right. But what are we, like you and I, what are we doing right now? Podcast. Yeah. Where? At our house. At our house, right? In Nebraska. Yeah, in Nebraska. <laughs> this wasn't possible when I was 11. So it is different. It's a different world. What else do you want to experience in your life? I just want to grow up and have a good career. What else do you want? A family. A house? Yeah. Where? Still in Hollywood or New York? I thought about Arkansas. Arkansas? What What made you think about Arkansas? And there was a video that the teacher showed at school and it had a diamond on the Arkansas State. Is that again? On YouTube. On YouTube, of course. <laughs> of course, because that's the world you live in, isn't it? YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure. So when you're my age, what do you want your life to be like? Uh, Probably different because people have been thinking that like the world would probably go back then when people had to walk to school with snakes chasing them <laughs> uh, with a stick. My grandma, she always talked about that, didn't she? Or it could go to having robots. What would you prefer, snakes or robots? Probably in the middle. Really? Like, what do you mean? Well, I don't really like all the technology people are using now, because, like, it just takes over their lives. So explain what you mean by that. What do you see happening? People crash cars because of... 
bones. And with a car that drives itself, there's a crash of that. Would you like to have a driverless vehicle instead of driving yourself? No, I just prefer driving myself. You'd prefer driving yourself? So, you like technology, you like having access to YouTube and doing all those things, but at the same time, you don't want to live a life where technology takes over your life? Yeah, it's kind of confusing. It is a little bit confusing. The reason I wanted to have you on is because we really need to think about what that future looks like for young people. You know, who are you now? What is your life going to be like in the future? And the truth is, we don't know. Right? The truth is we don't know. How do you know. think I know then? Well, I don't know that you know have all the answers, but I think you have some ideas of what you'd like your Did life you to be like. Did you think I saw the future? Maybe. Maybe you're a futurist. You ever thought of that? No. <laughs> As you can hear, sometimes it is difficult to see exactly what you want in the future. After all, age 11 should be a time of self-exploration and dreams. However, there are many possibilities and plausible futures. The trick is to decide which one you want to pursue. The conversation with Raquel gave us a brief glimpse into the mind and experience of one young woman. A few changes from her generation to mine? Well, as you heard, there are many. She finds all the information she needs using her cell phone. I grew up with a rotary dial phone attached to a wall. She learns constantly through YouTube which of course did not even exist when I was her age. And she assumes she will go to college and have a career. That was definitely not a daily conversation in my household. My parents were totally supportive and absolutely amazing people. But college is a pipe dream, not a predetermined destiny. My dad worked two jobs and my mom stayed at home with six kids. I always knew that I wanted to have a career. However, I didn't have a single life experience that prepared me for the realities of being a working mom. I used to play Barbies with Raquel when she was little. I was deeply saddened when Barbie dropped her kids off at daycare so she could go to work all day. She would then pick them up and go home. Ouch. And that hurt. As Raquel got older, she started talking a lot about what her career would be like. She keeps changing her mind while also expanding the possibilities, which is actually a really good thing to hear and see. I mean, an actress? Okay, let's just go with it and see how that feels for a while. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, approximately 20.4 million students attended American colleges and universities in the fall of 2017. Nearly 11.5 million of these students were female and 8.9 were male. So young women are attending college and attaining degrees, but are still not earning the same amount of money or being promoted at the same rate as their male counterparts. They are also leaving the workforce in droves. A report by Gallup in 2016 estimates 73.5 million women are currently in the workforce and 48% of them are actively pursuing other jobs and opportunities. This is happening for a number of reasons, but it's also happening even though these women are more engaged in their male counterparts and are good for business and the bottom line. Gallup notes that gender-diverse business units in retail and hospitality actually have higher revenues and net profits compared with their less diverse counterparts. So that diversity is good for business. It's good for the bottom line. 
Further, a 2016 article by American Progress reported that 42% of working mothers are either the sole or primary breadwinners of their families. Also of note, this is a continuation of a trend. More and more women are becoming primary breadwinners over time. Recent publications from the American Association of University Women on the gender wage gap in the United States revealed great challenges, of course. And we've all heard a lot of this, right? New projections estimate that at the current rate, women will reach pay equity in 2119. Yes, 2119, that is 101 years from now. I find it interesting that more women are becoming primary breadwinners while still getting paid less. How do we expect families to thrive in this current economic reality for women? The report also states that pay equity decreases with age. The older women are, the greater the gap in pay. More on this in future episodes. Entrepreneurship also continues to be an area of challenge and opportunity for women. FitSmallBusiness.com actually ranked Nebraska 50 out of 50 states for women entrepreneurs. Georgia and Florida ranked number one and number two, respectively. So this is just a shout out and call to Nebraska. Okay, we can and need to do better. I mean, after all, we are the home of many great entrepreneurs, but all states and countries need to do better for women in this space. Now, what does the future hold for women? Endless possibilities. Women have more opportunity now than any other time in history. Progress has been made, but there's much more to do. And this conversation goes way beyond women. As cultural norms and rules change for women, they also change for men. Men help raise children, stay at home with children, and are not always the primary breadwinner, which causes a new set of social rules of engagement. Further, people don't always fit so neatly into the boy-girl, female-male gender boxes we have artificially created. I want both my daughter and my son to be able to pursue any future they choose. I want them to think any scenario is both possible and plausible, and that they themselves have the capability and capacity to shape their desired future through their beliefs, behaviors, and mindsets. Just as I want Raquel to be happy, healthy, strong, and a woman who freely pursues her desires, I want the same for my son. I want the same for people. I want them to support and respect one another in their pursuits. It takes everyone, not just a predefined gender, to make the world a better and more equitable place for all. We examine the future user concept looking forward. And what would I tell my future self when I was a younger woman? And what do I share with my children and others now? I'm approaching this based on my definition of leadership, which is the ability to lead one's own life while bringing out the best in others and making a positive contribution to the future. I believe and champion the concept of self-leadership. Don't let others lead you where you don't want to go. We must recognize and develop our inner leaders to truly thrive. So a few points of advice that I like to share. One, pick an amazing partner. If you choose to marry, marry well, very, very well. There is no glory or win in trying to save or change anyone. 
Don't waste your life or precious time on trying to change someone. In my younger days, I was that type of woman. I finally discovered that it is better to be with someone who creates a two-person mastermind with you and for you, who compliments you and sees the world as an abundant place where you both can and should win, whatever that means to you. You have to define success for yourself, and you want someone who will help you work towards your version of success while enjoying the sweet ride through good and bad times. Having an incredible significant other on your team is priceless. Thanks, Jim, for being mine. Two. You are an amazingly unique being who has the freedom to pursue your purpose and live in joy. One way to achieve this is to develop and capitalize on your unique strengths to pursue the future you want to experience and achieve. I really do believe the power of the subconscious mind in making these dreams happen. More on that in another episode. Three. Love yourself. And love yourself enough to listen to your inner voice, that amazing intuition we innately possess but rarely trust or develop. Trust and love yourself enough to say yes to the best and no to the rest. And it really needs to be a hell yes to count. Move forward with the hell yeses and trust others with the no's. This means you have to trust your intuition, not care what others think, and take some risks with absolute certainty and bravery. It also means that happiness is a key to success. Science has demonstrated that your happiness in life doesn't suddenly increase after you get a promotion, raise, or new title. Happiness actually comes before success and should be an everyday experience. It is something you can improve over time. So joyfully and confidently take a seat at the table and use your voice to speak your truth. You're going to mess up from time to time. I do. Learn from your mistakes and move forward. Know that it is all okay. It's really just a process and that you deserve to be loved by yourself and others. Four, slow down and enjoy the ride. In my generation, Generation X, you know, the one that is barely ever mentioned, we had more opportunities than the boomers because they and other generations before had paved the way. However, the conversation about having a full life really got missed somewhere along the way. We are very career-oriented and egocentric in the U.S., One of the first things people ask is, what do you do? And if you can reply with a big title, you automatically score points on the social scale. If you can't, most people react to you just a bit differently. We need to learn to stay out of judgment around people's choices and value whatever it is they bring to the table. So many women in my generation did not have children, some by choice and some didn't have a choice. I was a very late bloomer in the parent department As the second oldest of six, I helped a lot with my siblings and knew what it was to struggle financially. I didn't want that for myself. And we really related that to having a big family, so I never wanted a big family. I even debated about having kids at all. Thankfully, I had a great female mentor who encouraged me to have a family. She was the only female in a leadership role at that time in my career who also had a family. She was the only one I knew that had kids and was married. She still asks about my kids every time we meet, first thing, and I'm eternally grateful for her advice and wisdom. If you want to have kids, do it. If you don't, that's okay too. Make your choices and own them. I've seen too many women my age regret not having children because of their career. Work is only one aspect of life. It's such an important thing I've learned over time. Jobs change. 
people change, you know, the situations change. Getting married and having children were the best two decisions I ever made. I only agreed to join the Rural Futures Institute if I could have the freedom and flexibility I needed to one, stay married, two, be a mom, and three, live in our current rural community. Thankfully, the organization was very supportive and we've worked together to shape what that really means. Ask for what you want and need and help organizations evolve to be more flexible, diverse, and inclusive. Because a lot of times they simply don't know what that really even means or how to do it. We need to support stay-at-home parents and part-time employment too. We as women need to help shape this future. Just make sure to enjoy the precious moments life provides. If you are too busy, make new and different choices. Being too busy does not make you productive and takes away from experiencing the joy of life. There's much more to this conversation and to the future of women. So stay tuned for more. In the meantime, tell us what you think. How would you describe the future for women? Let us know. And until next time, thanks for listening to the Rural Futures podcast. Now go out there and make your future happen. Thanks for tuning in to season one of the Rural Futures podcast. You can find all of our episodes where you listen, and we hope you will engage with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Rural Futures. If you're interested in being a guest, know someone we should bring on the show, or want to become a sponsor, let us know. Thank you so much for listening.